This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Class. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I'm Mark Cumberland along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I am doing fabulous as usual. We, uh, weeks fly by. It seems like we just recorded like yesterday. I'm it telling does you. feel like Things that, doesn't it? Things are booming, man. So if you have any questions about commercial, residential, mortgages, give us a call. We are the real estate show in Philadelphia in the metro market. And we'll give you all the information you want. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here just to keep you informed in any of your real estate news. You listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsinrealestate.com, and at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We also have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Yes, that's been a good series. It's been a great series with Dr. A. It always is. We also have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We have our mortgage mom topic today, which is I'm going to go over a couple of the county grants that are available. All right. We have a few questions as usual, Mark. We have, I did not sign the lead-based paint addendum. Realtor said I did not need to. I had signed one with another realtor the month before. Next question is, yes, I've been a homeowner for nine years. I tried refinancing and I was told I had to go one year without making a late payment before being considered. That's a good one. Next question is, nervous first-time home buyer and wanted to know what to expect. Should I try and qualify now or wait a year and have a good down payment? Mark, today hmm. we also have our topic of the day, which is details of a listing contract. So unfortunately, we're going to have to get into some detail. No. <laughs> All right, but first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. So if you don't take no chances, nothing happens. And if you don't ask, the answer's no. Exactly. So where are we at? So, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So what's motivating people to move right now? So this year, Americans are moving 
for a variety of reasons. And in fact, I know the media don't talk about it, but more people house, bought houses in 2020 than they did in 2019. But the health crisis has truly reshaped our lifestyles and our needs. That's what Dr. A's been talking about, this transition back into the workplace. And spending so much time in their current homes has driven them to reconsider home ownership, what, what it means to them and their living space. So, you know, after all that happened, they started considering space because they're working from home remote work remote work became the norm for some it's persisting longer than initially expected in fact dr a was talking last week about 30 percent of the workforce is really like working at home right and and management's not sure what to do about that yet because productivity seems to be up so it's an interesting quadri in there so if you've tried to convert your guest room or dining room into a home office with minimal success, maybe it's time to find a larger home. The reality is your current home may not be optimally designed for the kind of workspace that you want. Number two on that list is room and fitness activities. They ought to have uh, recording studios on that list too. Of course. Staying healthy, active is a top priority for many Americans. I think some people just go to gym to kill time. But anyway, <laughs> a recent survey of 4,500 active adults from 122 countries noted the three fastest growing fitness trends among adults were at home fitness equipment up 50%, personal trainers and nutritionists 48%, and online fitness classes and subscriptions. I'm very curious about that mirror thing. About it how looks really cool. Yeah, I'm wondering about how, like, graphic that gets sometimes there's there's got to be some people taking advantage of that i don't know, I, you know. really is that where hey, you're going it's with human that? nature it's human oh nature you know God. yeah how does that work out yeah, i'm a little tired i go for a cigarette <laughs> <laughs> number three outdoor space better homes and gardens recently released outdoor living trends for this year Outdoor kitchens, 60% of homeowners were looking to add an outdoor kitchen, edible gardens, millions of people beginning gardening. Uh, you know, we don't do too much of that. We have a great uh, grape, uh, what do you call a grape thing? Grape vine. Uh, what are you talking about? At the lake, up the lake. I We grow grapes. I have a grape giant vine. grape thing. Yeah. That somebody brought from Turkey and we've been keeping it going. Uh, we have one so from Greece. Very good. And then secluded spaces as outdoor activity increases, so there's the need for privacy. And the bottom line, if you're clamoring for more room to accommodate your changing needs, making a move may be your best, but especially why you can take advantage of today's rates, because it is a great time to buy, great time to sell. And speaking of how great the rates are, how are the rates? The rates are phenomenal because it's also a great time to refinance whether you want to consolidate some of that high credit card debt, maybe you want to do some upgrades around the home, or maybe you just want to lower your payment because your 30-year conventional mark is 2.875, your 15-year is 2.35, your 30-year FHA is 2.875. 2.875. It's ridiculous. It's never been a better time. It's great. They are great rates. Take advantage. Anybody listening, if you're over 3.5%, call 609-605-7153. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> and she will take care of you. Absolutely. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate. 
here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all that time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to your funny story. So I got one for you. See this realtor, right? He's out dining alone in a fancy restaurant, I guess, after his day. And there's this gorgeous redhead sitting at the next table. He noticed her sit th- and she sat down, but lacked, you know, he didn't have the lack to talk to her, the nerve to go over and talk to her. Suddenly, she sneezed, and her glass eye came flying out of its socket towards the man. Oh my God. He reflexed, reached out, grabbed it out of the air, and handed it back. He goes, oh my, I'm so sorry, the woman said. She popped her eye back in place. Let me buy your dinner to make it up. So anyway, they end up having a wonderful dinner together afterwards. They went to a theater, followed by drinks. They talked. They laughed. She shared the deepest dreams he shared. She listened to him with interest. After paying for everything, she asked him if he'd like to come to her place for a nightcap and stay for breakfast. They had a wonderful time, wonderful night. Next morning, she cooks him a gourmet breakfast with all the trimmings. The guy's amazed. Everything had been so incredible. He goes, he goes, you know, you're amazing. Are you this nice to every guy you meet? She goes, nah, not really, but you happen to catch my eye. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but um bump <laughs> I couldn't help that one. That was a good one. If you have a funny story... <laughs> If you have a funny story, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. So now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Ann Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And she's going to talk to you about mortgage grants available, correct? I know. Yeah, and most people know me are probably really shocked that I'm even going to do this because I am not a fan of the of the grants. I think I yeah, actually spoke about it. Yeah, and I think I actually spoke about it on the last show on Saturday saying how I don't like them and the only ones that I really um, will or do the county ones. are the county ones. And now the so, feds are talking about it. Right. So now... So there's a couple grants that are available, and there's a lot of things that you need to keep in mind when you're doing the grant. Like, for instance, you have the neighborhood lift, and the eligible homeowners can receive matching funds up to $10,500 in down payment assistance on qualified properties. The home buyers um, will need to take a class, an education class, and that's going to prepare them for financing a home, managing the financial responsibilities of home ownership. And this assistant for the um, for the neighborhood lift is not limited to first-time home buyers, but some are. Right. There's also minimum credit scores that are needed for these grants, and the minimum credit score is a 640. Now, Mark... That seems high for a grant. I thought they'd be more like 620, 580. Well, FHA you know, used to do a 580, yep. Um but depending on whether you're going to be conventional or you're going to be FHA, it's going to be, depend on the credit score. But most banks, there are some, but most banks are still not doing the 580 credit score. No. So it's a minimum of 640. And then you have income restrictions. 
depending on how many people are in the household, you have a maximum of what the annual um, income could actually be. Now, the property for the neighborhood lift must be located in Philadelphia. Okay. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Uh, how many people? Like, for what instance. Do you mean? Okay, so let's say for this particular grant, one person living in the household, the maximum income is $64,250. Maximum or minimum? Maximum. Oh. So you can't make more than $64,250. Right. All right. All right. right. Um, And that's, you know, for non-military. Non-military is going to be an exception. There's also a grant in Montgomery County, and it's also based on the financial need of the applicant's household, the selling price of the property, and the household assets. So the assistance is up to a maximum of 10% of the estimated cost, and it's not to exceed $10,000. Now for this one, Mark, huh? So you can get up to 10 grand. You can get up to 10 grand. The, right. um, for instance, one person in the household is $91,728. Two people in the household is $131,040. Um, the resident requirement is waived if one or more of the adults is active military service. Um, you need to have six months residency in the county for at least one of the applicants or you have to be employed for at least one year in Montgomery. And you cannot have owned a home within the last three years. <laughs> see, see, I, I know, I'm going to keep going. Grants. I'm not... It's red tape. Go ahead. Go All right. Ahead. All right. Can, can, we mute, on. can we mute his mic? The next one is Bucks <laughs> County. Um, the Bucks County grant, first-time homebuyer program. It's through the housing group. Um, it, it provides eligible home buyers with a zero interest loan for down payment and or closing costs and the maximum assistant is ten thousand dollars again the resident the residency requirement is going to be waived if they're in the military but you must have at least six months of residency in bucks county for at least one of the applicants or you have to be working for at least one year and that place of business is located in Bucks County. So that's not too bad. So apparently you're not muted. All right, the next one. <laughs> the next one is Delaware County. You must provide at least $1,000 towards the purchase of your home. And the purchase price cannot exceed $189,000. And you may not purchase a home in Chester City, Haverford Township or Upper Darby Township and all the houses must be a single family dwelling. Holy moly. I thought they wanted Chester to come alive. Well, not yet. Again, the household income for this one is pretty low. So somebody, one person living in the household is 44,350. Two people in the household is 50,700. And again, the total assistance cannot exceed $5,000. Sale price cannot exceed $189,000. And you cannot have owned a home within the last three years. Well, that's a very small group. It is. In Haverford, I don't think you're going to find too much stuff for about $180,000. Well, you can't get one in Haverford anyway, so. 
Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah you can't cool. purchase a home in Chester City, Haverford Township, or Upper Darby Township. And it has to so, be a single-family dwelling. You can't do a multifamily or a condo. Yeah. The, the last one is Chester County. And the Chester County, the loan amount is based on the fina- financial needs of the applicant. Now, keep in mind, with all of these grants, you're turning in your pay stubs, you're turning in your tax returns, you're turning in your bank statements. They need to see all of this information and pre-approve you. And the they'll max- have a few extra pieces of paperwork, too, probably. <laughs> I'm sure. The maximum loan for this that you can receive is $5,000 towards the purchase of a home in Chester County. One person living in the household is 45000 Two people is 51400 Now, again, this one is similar to Delaware County because you cannot have owned a home in the past three years, and the total amount is not to exceed $5,000, and the sale price is not to exceed $100. And $89,000. Now, a lot of these companies will require that you show proof of rental, that you've paid your rent on time, which could either be through um, verification through a rental company or 12 months of canceled checks. Right. Okay. They're also going, um, you can also go through what they call the Home Ready program on the conventional side, which is as low as 3% down. And you have reduced PMI coverage. So there's a lot of information in this. Um, It is a brochure that we made up that outlines all of the counties. And you're welcome to it. You just have to give me a call at 609-605-7153. And we'll send it out to you. But you have to apply for this grant before you go under contract. So you can't be under contract and apply for a grant. All of this has to be done ahead of time. You should put that up on your website. Did I mention that I'm not a great fan? I'll do them because people need them. But <laughs> I know. Well, well there's right. always red tape because you got government involved. Yeah. And, and I always worry about money being available, Mark. So yeah. um, that's why I don't do any of the other fluffy ones. But that's my segment on the grants. And coming up next is going to be our question and answer segment. All right. Very good. All right, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. We will be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right. Welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Dan? Mark, we're up to our question and answer segment. All right. So what's the first one? The first question is, I did not sign the lead-based paint addendum. Realtor said I did not need to. I had signed one with another realtor the month before. So they must have had their house listed and then changed real, real estate agents. Technically... That one would still be valid. You know, I mean, they signed it and stated it's only a month old. But, you know, I would still have them sign one from me. Just I mean, so what's I the big deal? It. Yeah, it's not a big deal. And actually, today's topic, the, the listing contract details, you know, that's one of the things that you need to get signed. Uh, that contract and the lead paint, 
the home inspection, all that has to be filled out. So, what's the big deal? Sign another one. But the other one technically is still good. It's only a month old. And if you're if you're buying a property, you have to sign one each time. Yeah, everybody's got to sign one. Okay. So what's all right, next? next question. Yes, I've been a homeowner for nine years. I tried refinancing, and I was told I had to go one year without making a late payment for even being considered. And that possibly is true. It depends on how many lates there were. Sometimes when somebody has a late payment, we're able to run it through what we call desktop underwriting and get an approval. But generally, it is 12 months with on-time payments. Yeah, and, you know, somebody couldn't miss one. I, I almost missed one a few years ago just because I thought I did it, and I didn't. And uh, I, w- I was all nervous because I thought I was going to be 30 days late, but I wasn't. But, uh, you know, things happen, you know. You could mail your payment and forget to put the stamp on it and it comes back and you didn't realize it. And if it's some extenuating circumstance, the bank should be able to take that into consideration, I would think. Don't you? No, you can't call them and tell them, I thought I made it. You can dispute it on your credit and see right. if they'll work with you. But generally, you know, if you're late, you're late. Yeah. Try not to be late. It's kind of like the dog ate the homework type of thing. Yep. Yeah. All right. Question number three. Nervous first time home buyer and wanted to know what to expect. Well, so if, w- Go ahead. if you're not dealing with team mortgage mom, you should be nervous. Plus, if you don't have a real estate agent. Now, when I meet a new buyer, I do what's called a buyer needs analysis. And I sit them down and I say to them, what's the most important thing that you want to talk about? And then they usually look at one another and then they look back at me and they start telling me why they want to sell, why they want to buy, where they want to buy. I ask them questions like, uh, what type of house are you looking for? Uh, they start describing it. I Now I know the reasons they want to buy, where they kind of narrow down where they want to go. And now I, I ask them, uh, describe this house to me. And then they start visualizing it. And now I know exactly what I'm looking for. Because they told me. Because I didn't go in there and try to sell them that. I work for this company. I sell so many houses. And our company is so great. And got a great balloon. You know, I, I made the whole conversation <laughs> the about balloon. them. By saying, you know, what's the most important thing that you want to talk about? And then I tell them about the buyer agency contract. And how you need to have a contract with an agent. So you have somebody on your side. If you don't have a contract when you're out looking at houses, that agent does not work for you. They Everybody works for the seller unless there's a buyer agency contract. And then you give them a nutshell of how the whole thing's going to run. When we find the house, we order the home inspection, the termite, the radon, whatever. We go through the appraisal process. I tell them that I reach out to the appraisers. I make sure somehow they got to go through me to get get permission to get into the house. I do comps. I supply them to the appraiser because I want to make sure we have those snap snags. And then we get through the appraisal process all the way to settlement and they get the keys. Rather than piecemeal them all along and make them all nervous and have, after they sign the contract, get buyer's remorse, which everybody gets, but some people get it too 
unbelievable extents and other people like me get it for like five ten minutes right <laughs> right and and they should also be prepared you know to get all their financials in order and to yeah, get all that all the to get stuff. pre-approved before you even go through this no I, I i don't even take anybody out to even see a house until they're totally done with you you have everything so they could buy tomorrow because in this market you don't want to be looking at properties and then saying, "Oh, this is a great house. Let's get let's get pre-approved because you you're not going to have that kind of time." So. Without without a doubt, you're right. Yeah. What's the next one? The next question is: Should I try and qualify now or wait a year and have a good down payment? See, this is like just a lack of knowledge. Now. It doesn't matter how much money you make a year. If you're making fifty thousand a year, you're making five hundred thousand a year. People that don't have real estate licenses or more in the mortgage business don't know really how the whole system works. And even people that bought a house before, it's kind of all in the fog. They remember going through some of this stuff, but once they got the keys, it's like somebody took the eraser out. And erased all that stuff away, and don't remember anything about it. And the, and you got to re-educate them again. But now this person might think they have to save twenty percent, right? And exactly. we know that we know that the minimum down payment can be as little as three yeah. percent. So then, why are we waiting? We have great rates. So should I try to get qualified? Yes. Yep. That's where the question should end. Yes. Right. And then you'll find out everything else. You call Deanne, you get pre-qualified. Pre-approved. Pre-approved. Pre-approved, everything. You'll know how much, how far, you, how much you can go for. Because a lot of people think, uh, I think I can buy like 200000 And I say to them, based on what? Well, and, that's what I think. Yeah, and they don't even know what that payment looks like. Right. And then it turns out they're good for like 300000 Right. Because exactly of their right. income and credit and all that. So they don't know. So get pre-approved and have all these questions answered. Why? I, I had a lady one time and she said to me, you know, she's been waiting, waiting. She was referred to me. She goes, well, I figured I'd wait to save. She had eighty grand in the bank. I said, "How much did you think you were going to need?" She goes, "I figured I was going to need eighty or a hundred thousand. She needed." I said, first of all, why do we want to put eighty grand down?" I think we ended up putting five grand down, and uh, you know, and on that money was still in her bank, but they don't know. What's the last one? The last question is: What are the most important questions I should ask an agent before listing my house? That's a good question. Uh, I would ask what, well, what's really happening because they probably don't know. What's the market like they're going to ask you? So you need to have an agent that has some info and detail in your neighborhood because everything's neighborhood by neighborhood. I mean, you can go in South Philly and it's by blocks. You know, you could go 10 blocks further and the houses jump by a couple hundred thousand. So you want to ask, you know, what's the market like? What do they think you can get for their hopper? That's their big thing. What am I going to net? And what's uh, the plan, Mark? What's, what's what your is, plan? What's the plan? And then, you know, and then have a tour of the house and, you know, what they're considering doing before they sell. You know, you get a professional opinion on 
and don't blow money on things you, that are not going to bring value to you to the table. So, the be, I think the best answer to the question is hire professionals. Hire and don't hire the first agent you talk to. Hire somebody that used an agent and you get a good referral that they did a really good job from them. Not not the first one that pops up on Facebook or something out of the blue. You you want to you want to hire somebody good in the same way with the mortgage industry. You want to hire somebody like Deanne, the mortgage mom. <laughs> they solve all your problems. Thank you. Well, we make sure that you don't have any to start with. All right. That's right. So again, great questions. Coming up next is our topic of the day: details of a listing contract. Yes. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. All right. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT All Positive All the Time. So we're at Dan. Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is details of a listing contract. Details. My favorite thing. Details. Ugh, can't stand <laughs> so it. obviously, at a, this is a contract, a written contract between you and the agent that is listing your house. Now, all contracts should be taken seriously. And you always write a contract and sign a contract like you're doing it in front of your honor in case something goes wrong. So I always taught my agents. Anyway, the first things are going to be when setting up the terms of the sale. The main thing you're concerned with is the price. You know, this agent who you're hiring should come to you with all the recent sales, the recent show you the actives, your competition in the market and what is pending that that is under contract and you want to look at all that and then you want to interview at least i say at least two real estate agents and 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 see how they compare exercise great care in determining your asking price making sure not to set it too high some agents like if your house was really worth 200 grand but you want 250 and some agent says, okay, that's called buying a listing. That usually doesn't work out. And we have what, But what these agents that do buy listings like that, what their strategy ends up being, they start whittling you down when nobody's buying because the house is only worth 200 and you're at 250 and they just weakly try to get you to keep knocking down, knocking down, knocking down, knocking. You know, be honest. You know, you got to deal with, it has to appraise too. So... You need. I would interview at least two agents, and in fact, in the market, majority of buyers hire the first agent they meet, and majority of sellers only interview two agents on the biggest investment of their life. Which you would think they would uh, interview more, but they don't. They in don't. addition to the price, you have to disclose what personal property, if any, goes with the house. There is a clause in there, included, excluded. Personal property is anything not attached or fixed to the home, such as washers, dryers, refrigerators, lawnmowers, all that stuff. You know, that's your personal property. If it's not in the contract, 
all that's going. Uh, there may be some items that are considered real property that you do not include in the sale. The chandelier from Grandmom, you know, the, you know, whatever. The, the microwave that's built into the wall. You can't take that. That's attached. Uh, so dishwasher. I've had deals in my career when we came in and a dishwasher was gone. I'm like, yo, where's the dishwasher? Oh, well, we thought we could take that. No, that's attached to the house, you know. <laughs> but anyway, and people fight over this stuff. And sometimes it'll be a $500,000 house and they're arguing about a refrigerator, you know. But if it's in the contract, all that stuff is resolved. And then you make sure the agent's going to ask you if you want it in a multiple listing service, which you do because you're going to get the most exposure. Exposure, but you don't have to. But they're tying you're tying the agent's hands a little bit by not having it in a multiple listing service. And then the duties of the listing agent. Uh, you know, the people think the real estate agent as a salesperson, uh, and would jump at that chance just as a salesperson, but. They aren't just a salesperson. Most states have legislated it so the real estate agents are also agents. An agent is responsible to their client. They have a fiduciary duty. That that means that they're they only work for you. They're doing they're in it on your side. They're representing like they're, they're and not, protecting. They're not, yeah, they're not a car salesman that doesn't have to act in your best interest. Like they have a fiduciary duty. Real estate agents not only have to sell the house, they have to be responsible. That involves a lot of liability, which is one of the reasons all disclosures and the pages and the, of the contract, you know, you're getting a left or just, uh, you're not just hiring a salesperson. And then along with this contract, you're going to have a seller's disclosure, the lead paint thing we just were talking about. There's, uh, you know, you're going to put in the contract, what's included, what's not included. And... There's, uh, sometimes you could even have in your contract whatever. It's like things. some things are negotiable. So uh, contracts should specify that they uh, provide additional disclosures wh and whether they continue to act as your agent or assume the duties of a dual agent, which should be disclosed. So now you list the house with a real estate agent and a buyer calls him. Now this agent has to get out another contract and explain to you that he's representing both sides. Now some brokers and some agents do not like this. I always love dual agency because I think if you're ethical, you can do it fairly. There's a way to be fair to both parties. And in fact, sellers want you to find a buyer. They, when they hire you, they want you to find a buyer. So if you find a buyer, you're actually making a set of... When my, well, most of my clients in my career, they were happy I was in the middle. Because I solved a lot of problems. But you and, built a relationship, too, and they felt comfortable. Right. And, and you can be fair. Now, if a buyer says to you, you know, what you know, you got, it's your listing. What, what, what's the lowest number it'll take? You don't answer that question. You said, he's listed for 200000 What do you want to offer? Well, I want to offer 190. Fine, I'll write it up 190 and give it to them. We'll see what happens. I mean, we could spend a lot of time on the negotiation part of this, but this contract is in writing, 
and it is a bonding between you and your listing agent that represents you. That was hard to sum up that quick, but... You did a good job. That was about the best I could do that fast. All right, Mark. So we are up to our business segment with Asking Dr. A. And today we're going to talk about how to better communicate with your staff using the disc. While we're re-engaging. Dr. Abelson, how are you? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? Good. So last week we talked about that not that study that was out with 30% of the, the workforce really liking working at home. And then we were talking about, uh, I want next week, I want you to talk more about productivity. But today you're going to talk about the disc and re-engaging. So you right. And the off. idea was last time what, what happened, we talked about two studies, one by LinkedIn and the other, by, the other one by McKenzie and Company that basically said that people aren't being communicated with, so they're concerned about what's happening and where their organizations are regarding coming back to the workplace, and that the McKinsey right. study actually found that people were feeling it's having a negative impact on their mental health because of all this uncertainty as far as what's happening. So the issue then becomes, how do you interact with people best? Because everybody's different, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about just this time about DISC, but one of the things I want to point out is... And this, if you don't get anything else from today's segment, get this. And that is high achievers have a high need for feedback. So your better staff have a higher need to know what's going on. And they will leave you if you don't keep them in the loop and communicate with them. So then the issue then becomes, how do you communicate best with the D, the I, the S, and the C? So the Ds, as we know, like for you to be direct. So be direct. Tell them where it's at. Don't mince words. Just come out and say it, right? The eyes are typically over-optimistic, so they feel everything is going to be fine. It's going to be copacetic, and they don't know why you're even concerned about it. But you need to point out to them, well, maybe there are some concerns that some of your colleagues have or some of the other staff have, so that's why we're dealing with this. We know it's go- we, we have confidence because of you, meaning everybody on the call, are going to, things will work out. But, but we don't want to be overly optimistic, so... People need to share what's going on. What about right, the S's? That's good advice. The, the, the S's, okay, keep things to themselves. So one of the things you need to do is you need to just reach out to the S's and say, hey, uh, please share with me what your thoughts are because we're concerned about what your thoughts are because we need everybody's input on how to make the decision. We're leadership. We'll make the decision, but, but we want to hear your input. And then the C's, they want the data. They want the information. They want to know different alternatives that you're looking at, different concerns that other people have. They want to know how it's going to work out better for them because they want the detail. They want the information. So those are the different ways to effectively communicate with the four basic behavioral styles. Right. And the D's and the I's, they want to get to the bottom line. They don't want to hear all that detailed stuff. But if you're going to be doing a group thing, you've got to take that into consideration. Absolutely, because it's like anything else. You're going to have all four styles when you're interacting with the group, and the larger the group, the more the probability you're going to have all four styles. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is uh, if, if people are really, really intense on the four dimensions, you need to be more assertive in these four different areas. If they're less intense, then you don't need to be as assertive. For example, with the people who are intense Ds, you do need to be really direct. But if they're just a moderate D, then you don't need to be as direct. All right, You can hold back a little bit more. 
And I, I was actually in a discussion with somebody on Facebook about productivity. So I, I if you we'll can talk about that see next what time. you can, Absolutely. yeah, see what you can find out about because I'm 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 seeing like in our in my situation in my company, they're very pro productive, uh, or with the online and and commuting like communicating. So next week, let's talk a little more about productivity. You got it. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, Dr. Dr. Abelson. How do you get a hold of you, doctor? Say it real quick. Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N dot net. Very good, doctor. Very good. Thank you. All right. And if you, have, if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give him a call at 267-266-5501. You can email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609 605 Seven one five three, and a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week. I heard our ratings are up again, and our sponsors for keeping us on the air. We are looking for two more sponsors. If you want your business on the number one talk station in Philly, give us a call, and we hope to make you a faithful listener and possibly a sponsor. So, with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All, all positive, positive. All the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.